Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. Today, I've got Tyler Jensen on the podcast again, and him and I are talking about how to accurately estimate your repair costs. We got some tips and tricks for you guys that we struggled with when we got started and we're using right now in our business to estimate those repair costs exactly or very close to where they need to be because this is important for you. If As you buy that first house, there's a lot of opportunity in there, then staying on budget, timeline, and getting that quality right, as Tyler would put it. Those three things are the most important. That's what we talk about today. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. All right, everybody, I'm back with Tyler Jensen. And today we are talking about how to accurately estimate repair costs. So on our previous episode, and we're doing multiple episode series here. So if you missed the last one, go back and listen to it. But we talked about how to find your first house to flip, your first deal or your next deal. And today we're going to talk about how to estimate repair costs because this is something that it seems like scares a lot of people. Like they think that they have to be contractors, sharpen their pencil, be perfect, all that stuff. And um, I know for me, being an engineer, I definitely spent too much time on this when I was getting going. And if you're way off on your repair costs, the problem that you have is your offer may be way too low or way too high, uh, depending on how you structure it. There might not be a lot of profit in there. So dialing in that a little bit and figuring it out, we're going to talk about that today and figure out how we can help you if you're a first-time flipper or you've flipped hundreds of houses, how we can help you dial that in because we all know how important that is. But it should not stop you from taking action. And that's where I see a lot of people get stuck. Either I can't find my first house to flip or I can't figure out my repair cars or I don't know my ARV or I don't have any money. Like these are the things that are stopping so many flippers from getting started or continuing to go. So how, Tyler, how do we estimate accurate repair costs? Give us the goods. Yeah, so there's really, and I, I teach this all the time. There's three things that you have to control in any flip. You have to control the budget, you have to control your timeline and you have to control the quality. If you can control, that is the, the three pillars of flipping a house is time, quality, and budget. And one of the biggest things on that is the budget, right? That will make or break your deal. And so with that being said, you want to be able to do it efficiently. You want to do it quickly. That's all important. Quality is important, but budget really will make or break your deal. So how the best way you're, you're finding that budget is the initial walkthrough of the property. When you're going through that property, that's the time to start figuring out what your budget's really going to look like. It's not later after you've already bought the house. Hey, we're going to go and figure out a budget. We need to know how much it's going to be. It's really when you first walk through that house, you're meeting with a seller, you're doing a, a wholesaler walkthrough, whatever it is, that first walkthrough is really important to find out how much this repair cost is going to be. So essentially what I'm doing in that first meeting with the seller is I'm like, hey, show me around, give me a tour. And I'm just talking about it. Oh, cool. And then I'll stop and I'll look at something. Oh, well. There's, I noticed there's mold in the shower, right? I'm just going to stop. Oh, well, tell me what's the story with this. Oh, the roof leaks. It's bad. Okay. Now I know two things. I know that there's going to be mold and I know that the, I need to fix the roof. Okay. What's that budget going to look like? I'm walking around. I'm looking at the, how's the foundation? How old is the furnace? How is it two prongs in the outlet or is it three? If it's only two prongs in the outlet, okay, it's 
probably not grounded. I'm gonna have to rewire this whole house. Okay, that's gonna be expensive. So the really, the basic things I'm looking at first are all the utilities, all the mechanical stuff, electrical, plumbing, heating, roof, foundation. If you're looking at all of those things up, those are your biggest costs in any rehab. If it's got foundation issues, you're gonna to have to worry about that. If you gotta replace the roof, that's gonna be a big cost. You need to make sure you're accounting for that in your budget. And then all the other little things, right? Like, are they hollow doors? We're gonna to have to change that out. How's the baseboard? Um, am I gonna to have to change those things out? Is it a weird flow? Am I gonna to have to redo the whole kitchen? Can I use the existing kitchen layout? Uh, also another big expense. So you're just looking at that and really that initial walkthrough when you go through the properties where you're kind of getting that gut check of, hey, this is going to be a lot more money than what I was thinking it was going to be. And we'll talk more in details in a little bit, but that's really the essential. That's where your budget really comes to life. So it's really important that you understand you have a checklist or you have something that you can use walking through that property that will really help you get a good solid budget uh, on your initial walkthrough. So I want to back up even one step earlier, yeah. as I'm listening to you with my experience flipping houses and, and especially as a wholesaler, because we look at it multiple ways as a, as a rental, as a flip, like how much money do you need to put in for either one of them? How are we going to market this thing to landlords or to flippers or Airbnb, or maybe they're going to knock it down and develop it. But as a flipper, when I was doing that mainly, the thing that I would do even before I look at the property, and I think this is really important for you guys to, to hear is I would look at the comps in the neighborhood and start yeah. trying to figure out what that house should look like as, as it's fixed up. And then try to find any, if I can find any photos of the property already, maybe it was listed on Zillow a couple of years ago, or it's listed on MLS and there's still like, there's still photos from the past. As I'm doing my due diligence before I go to that property to look at it, sometimes you just show up, right? Sometimes you just show up. And then I take a lot of photos, exactly like what Tyler's saying. I get an idea of layout, changes, big things that need to change. But when you start getting down to the finishes, like the countertops, like the baseboards, like he's talking about, like the doors, if I need to change them out. I'm not going to change that stuff out if it's not what the other houses in the neighborhood are selling like. You do not have to go full-blown HGTV, um, LA County, like Orange County type house on your little three-bedroom, two-bath ranch in a neighborhood that sells for $60,000 or $100,000, Okay. So what you want to do is you want to look at the other comparables in the neighborhood. And what I always try to do was make it just like maybe just a little bit nicer or like one extra feature or two extra features that are not, not in those properties to make mine stand out um, among the crowd and make them around the same price. So yeah. that was always my trick. And so I, I over rehabbed lots of times. So I'm telling you this because I did it. And I thought every house needed granite countertops. And I thought every house needed to be repainted and new flooring and all this stuff and, and rip out the shower. Don't just refinish the tiles, like reglaze the tiles. I, I spent way too much money on my rehab costs getting to the same ARV after repair value that I would have been if I just did half of that. So look at that stuff first. Then when you go into the property and you're walking around, you actually know what needs to be replaced, what needs to be fixed, stuff like that. You yeah, know that great carpet point. that has like, cat pee all over it and stinks and cigarette. <laughs> go. That thing needs to be changed, right? <laughs> but do you put carpet back in or do you put hardwood back in or do you put tile back in? That depends on what the neighborhood is asking for and what the buyers are asking for and, yeah, and what and, kind of world you're in. And also your exit strategy. We flip rental properties a lot differently than we do retail properties, right? And so I totally, that great point in going there is you're looking at comparables. Hey, the highest comp that we have had laminate countertops. Okay, great. Guess what? You don't need to put granite countertops in that house. 
and the neighbors across the street, their yard was dead. I'm not going to spend a lot of money on my yard either. It, it fits the neighborhood. So great point. And, and even before that, like what you're saying, Bill, is that I would, before I would even do an appointment, when I first started my business, I would go to Home Depot or Lowe's or wherever you're going to buy your materials from. And I would just get a really good feel for how much stuff costs. How much does a granite countertop cost? How much does a laminate countertop cost? What's the difference, right? And then I would just really, I would write down things. I would make an Excel spreadsheet. I would spend three hours on a Saturday at Home Depot, really understanding how much cabinets cost. And then I could go and I could walk through that property and say, hey, look, I know that all the comps have shaker uh, cabinets. I know I need to put some shaker cabinets in here with some nice hardware. Uh, how much is that gonna cost? It's about $200 a cabinet. Okay, I could roughly fit 10 cabinets in here. I'm gonna be about $2,000 in cabinets. So spend the time to really understand the comps. I think that's way important before you go and see the property. But also you're, you're in a construction industry, right? Flipping houses is construction. So you need to have a basic idea and understanding of what those things cost. And you'll, you'll get better at that the more you do this with the more experience. You're going to talk with contractors. You're going to get bids. You're going to get all these different things that will really just build your education on that. But the beginning education is just understanding cost of materials. How much does it cost? And then I know I'm going to have to buy the materials and I'm going to have to pay someone to put them in there. And it's a really good way to figure out what these rehabs are going to cost. So spend the time, do your due diligence, go to Home Depot and just go through every aisle. How much do light fixtures cost? How much do cabinets cost? And then you'll get a feel, okay, as you're walking through this house, I know it's laminate countertops. Hey, I remember when I went to Home Depot and it's, it's 10 bucks a square foot for a laminate countertop. Okay, cool. This is how much it's going to cost. And you'll be able to do a, a, you know, a solidified budget based on your experience already. Even though it's slim and it's little and you still don't understand that, you can go in with confidence knowing that you can get this rehab and these estimates pretty close. All right, Tyler's not prepared for this, so let's do a little test. Tyler, how much yeah. does a ceiling fan cost? $125 at Home Depot. Okay, how much does tile flooring cost per square foot? We pay $8 per square foot, roughly. Okay, that's how much? So. Okay, installed tile. So how much does a, a door cost at Home Depot? We, it depends, right? Which is interior door, six panel, yep. interior door, crappy. If, uh, if it's pre-hung, if we have to change the frame, it's a hundred dollars a door. If we have to just change the door slab, it's $45 a door. And then I know my labor costs as well that we pay, right? I pay a hundred dollars for a pre-hung door in labor. So it's going to cost me $200 for that door, labor and materials. Okay. So I think you guys get the point. That's we a pretty go good quiz. Sink, we can go through <laughs> faucets and we can go through all kinds of stuff. I, I would have said $150 for a ceiling fan. So I buy a little bit nicer one. And, but yeah, honestly, to be perfectly honest, I haven't been in Home Depot or Lowe's in like three or four years. And Tyler, look, Tyler's built a big business and he's, he's removed himself from a lot of the things. But if you just heard what happened, I quizzed him on prices. He knows them better than I expected him to know. Them, okay. I expected him to know. I don't know. I got to call my contractor or my project manager and things. So it, there are things that you control in your business that are really important. And there's things that you can let go more of. So, um, and I, so I, first of all, I love that little quick quiz, but he went through and built out Excel spreadsheets and, and things like that. So the lay, the, 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 the materials are somewhat easy to figure out. The labor is the thing for a newer investor that is, is going to struggle with the labor side of things. So yep. for me, I'll give you my advice. When I got started, I had no idea. 
So what I did was I got some referrals from contractors that already worked with other investors that I knew. So I knew that there's there's retail pricing. So I got some, I, I found a property, I would, I would get bids. Um, but I would have somebody that I knew had a rough like estimate of price per square foot. So I went out and asked all the other house flippers that, I, that were at the RIA meetings and meetups that we talked about on last episode. I asked some of them about how much do they pay price per square foot to rehab a house. And at that, at that time, they gave me current estimates and values of what they rehab a house. And I knew a guy actually in my squadron, um, he was one of the engineers and he was doing, I actually just randomly bumped into him at the RIA meeting in Maryland, Southern Maryland. And I was like, what are you doing here? He's like, oh, I, I rehab like a, a ton of houses. I was just getting started. I had never done a house before. And he was doing like, he did like 10 the year before. And I was like, what? 10? That's a crazy. Oh my gosh. Like, you're, how do you do this? And I, cause I knew him from work. We worked together. And it's like this undercover quiet thing that he was doing and not telling me about. So he told me the price per square foot about, so I use those numbers for my houses to get a back of the envelope math. And then all the huge mechanicals, like the foot and a half of water that was in the basement, the HVAC that needed to be replaced, the roof that needed to be replaced, the deck out back that needed to be replaced, all that stuff I added in. So, and then, uh, so I would get the contractors to come out and give me an idea and I would start listening. I would ask questions. I would get as much information as I could from them. Why does, what does this cost? Why does it, and I'd look at their bids and just study them. And, um, and so Tyler, maybe you have something that like before, as you were getting started in the, in the beginning or newer flippers, some advice that you give on estimating labor costs, because that's a challenge. Yeah. So same thing. I would just really ask a lot of those questions or I'd have a contractor come with me, right? Hey, I'm going to give you the work. Let's go look at this house together. So that's mm. really where I started every house that I would go and see. I would call a GC and he would come out with me and we would go look at houses together. And he would just, I'd ask him questions and he'd tell me, Hey, look, see this two prong outlet. That means you got to change the whole outlet. Oh, cool. I had no idea. How much does that cost? Oh, it's about seven grand to do that. Okay, cool. Right. And then that, the more experience you get with that, the better you're going to be at, at controlling that labor. But so how do, how do you find that contractor? I think this is important because, because uh, I, yeah. I did that too. But it was after my first house that they renovated with me. And then he, would, he, he knew that I was the real deal. So he came out with me to the next couple. Yeah, same thing. Just asking around who is a good GC, people I knew, uh, handymen, people like that, that could come with me that were available, that would willing to do it. These guys aren't, they're not building 100 houses a year, GCs. They're more like, hey, we just kind of take and pick different jobs as they come up, right? So those were the people that I was targeting. And then that gets more sophisticated as your business grows. Um, but yeah, finding out, it's just reaching out. Who's, who are other people using, go to these RIAs, ask your real estate agent, right? I would get on the MLS and look at rehabbed homes and I would call the agent and say, Hey, who is the GC that did this house? I would, I'm doing a rehab. I'd love to have them. They have good quality. I'd love to talk to them and see if they'd be interested in doing mine as well. So there's a lot of ways that you can do that, but finding the right GC, making sure you build trust. There's a whole, uh, you know, different series that we do on finding contractors and keeping contractors, negotiating with contractors. Uh, there's a lot of cool things and a lot of content out there that we've put out or that we're, we're putting out or lots of other things that you can have um, that is really powerful in finding those good contractors. Yeah. So, so, okay, let's, let's, let's look at this. Go look at the comps as you're looking at the property, see what's needed. Then as you're walking through the property, what needs to be fixed up and repaired? And what's going to give this, this property the best look at the end, the best um, return on your investment? So one thing that I'll look at is, is you mentioned laminate and granite countertops. 
So I know how much laminate costs and I know how much granite costs. And so if I put an extra $1,000, as an example, into the countertops there, is it going to give me that wow factor that I'm looking for on the back end that the other houses might not have in the neighborhood that would have a feeding frenzy over it? So it's, it's almost like, what do I put in here and what's the return? So if I, I, I would never like add a pool or put something in there that isn't going to give me the most money out. So I always looked at, if I spend $1,000, what is it going to do to my after repair value of this house? Is it going to really push it up or is the perceived value just going to change and the output is going to be the exact same ARV? So that's really what I look at is not necessarily what's the minimum that I can do, but what is the, where do I need to be and just be there? Like in the beginning, I'm telling you right now, you will fall into that trap of finding the perfect backsplash and the farmhouse sink that you want in your house and the overhead lighting that's beautiful and the chandelier and the, 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 the I don't know, the, what do they call the freestanding tubs? And all this stuff, you're going to put all this stuff in there. And I did it. Believe me, I did it. I probably spent an extra $10,000 on the first house that I flipped and the second and the third. And then I started getting smart. But, um, and that's money right out of my pocket because a lot of that stuff was not needed. It was, um, I remember like distinctly paying to remove someone for a chain link fence. They removed the chain link fence all around my, my second house that I flipped. Cause I was like, this chain link fence looks horrible. It's disgusting. The guy bought the house, put up a chain link fence <laughs> all around the house. I drove by like the next week. It was, uh, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. And it was, it was a lot, it was a big, a big uh, acreage. And he put up fence over the whole thing and right where I took it out. And I was like, oh my gosh, that cost me a lot of money, like five grand that could have gone right back to my, and it cost him probably 10 grand to put it back in. So yeah. it was such a waste of resource and experience. So just to think about that stuff, like what does the neighborhood dictate? And so then then you can go get the materials list. And if you haven't already, you can go to our seven-day flip on YouTube. And Tyler did a series. Um, we did this really fun series following around in the seven-day flip. And he shared one of his budgets on there. So go watch that series. You can download his budget there. And uh, you can see a lot of his pricing, that stuff that they buy and, and they do. And all of his pricing was there on that project. You can see that stuff and use it as a template. So that's the materials. Labor, network, find other contractors, get referrals and recommendations. Maybe have a contractor come with you. Just be careful taking a contractor through like 10, 20 houses. They're going to get yeah, burned sure. out and tired of it. Don't, don't like get in that, bring them through one house and maybe pay them, maybe pay them uh, 150 bucks, 200 bucks, whatever to, to come do that with you the first time and get that education, get the pricing, or maybe they have a set price list and standard that they use for some things and they're willing to share with you. So build that relationship, get that information, just you just educate yourself and start learning. And as you build experience, you'll, you'll be able to dial it in, just sharpen the pencil a little bit each time. And that's what I learned. Over time, I could walk through a property and be like, I know exactly, this is going to cost $28,000. Yeah. And the last thing that I'll say real quick is to build in a contingency. So don't be conservative on everything. Don't be conservative on your ARV, conservative on your rehab costs, build in this huge contingency, uh, conservative on the purchase price, like the, the holding costs, the, the financing money, like all that stuff. Because otherwise your, your offer is going to be way too low and you're not going to be competitive with anybody else. But build in a contingency because there's always something that's going to come up. They're going to get into the plumbing and something's going to happen. If you watch the seven day flip, you'll see plenty of things that pop up that were issues along the way, right? So the other cool thing that we've got is Tyler's, Tyler and I have been working on this, uh, this project together. 
And he, tell, tell him what you did. You actually uh, did a lot of this stuff. You walked them through a property and have a budget. And yeah, so everything that. that we've talked about, finding contractors, keeping contractors, negotiating, estimating repairs. I took you in my business and on a virtual tour, I take the camera with me. You're seeing interactions with my contractors, what we're talking about, how I negotiate pricing, how we come up with the pricing. You see that we do a video walkthrough on a house that we're going to flip. And I point out things, hey, this is how much this costs. This is how much this costs. Look at this. Are you paying attention to these things? And we did this whole series about everything that goes on in my company. So you get a, a front seat access to actual success and, and to be able to follow me through this process. Everything that you need to know, everything that we've talked about, that we will talk about is in this series for flippers. So really cool, powerful resource that you can use for just information, right? Tyler, hey, what are you looking at when you do that initial walkthrough? How are you talking with these GCs? How are you getting this understanding, this pricing? All of that is in there. You get access to all my budgets, my templates, uh, my everything that we use in my business, you get access to. All the paperwork, the documents that you would need, uh, pretty amazing stuff. So pretty powerful, I think. Okay, so stick with us over the, we got some <laughs> other things that we wanna talk about. We're gonna talk about um, calculating your max offer price, your after repair values, those kind of things. We, we might even jump into some raising money because that's a big struggle for newer flippers. How do I finance this stuff? And we've got tips for you guys. And ideally, you can take all these things, go spend the three hours at Home Depot, five hours at Home Depot, spend time with contractors and stuff like that. Or you can just grab Tyler's and we'll talk to you about how you can do that in the next week or so. Um, Tyler and I will be uh, announcing something really exciting. So stick with us. We'll see you guys on the next podcast. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks. What if you could raise $500,000 of private capital in the next 30 days to fund your real estate deals? How would that change your business? How would that change your life? I've put together a 30-day challenge that will walk you through how to get access to all the private funding you'll ever need at incredibly low interest rates on your terms when you need it. It's called the 500K Challenge. This is the same system I've used to raise over $15 million the past few years. And you're not just going to learn how to raise it. You're going to actually start finding this money yourself within the next 30 days as you go through the challenge. This is the single most important skill any real estate investor needs to have, whether you're flipping houses, buying multifamily properties, wholesaling, or anything else. Jump in and start raising private money now at 500kchallenge.com. I'll see you guys on the inside.